This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I are joined by my brother Jared, where we're going to be talking about the World Cup 2022, which is happening in Qatar in just a few days. We're going to be going through every single group, A through H. We're going to be breaking down every matchup, every team, what we think is going to happen, who's coming out of each group, and then finally, who is going to win it all. And then we're going to finish up with our college football power rankings and Heisman watch lists. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And my little bro, Jared, is back with us. He's down there. Uh, but he is back hanging out wearing his USA jerseys because yeah. the only reason Jared is on, let's be honest, <laughs> is because there's a big event coming up that Josh and I combined might have half the knowledge that Jared has. So the Probably. World Cup is right coming up during Thanksgiving this year. So if you're an American living in America, it's weird because you're used to watching the one football, but then you you can watch the other foot. You know, it's just very confusing. But <laughs> I know over here in Europe, it's it's starting to become big. You can feel it. Everyone's talking about it, even here in Hungary, where we don't even aren't even in it. But that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, it is a it is the greatest world event outside the Olympics. It is the biggest sporting culture mixed together with everything else going on and it's it's a great time to watch even before i really like soccer you'd always turn it on jared you can ask jared we we somehow would still end up on the tv so uh jared thank you so much for joining us welcome back yeah thank you for having me back hey of course we we told you we would we we kept our word so that's you know is this uh, this is number three this is number three now for jared I think it's yeah. the third one. So that means so he's uh, now tied Bryce. with Bryce for the most appearances by a guest. And if true. we get a, That's we right. get our boy Chris Drew on to talk Ohio State, Michigan, he'll be tied for third. And then uh, I don't know if we're going to have uh, some Vegas odds on who will get well, the fourth. But maybe Jared will come back for uh, hockey time. Maybe, maybe we'll bring him back. Maybe for hockey, hockey time, time or maybe the United States men's national team will do something. And then we have that to bring true. him back on, you know, exactly. out of obligation. Because we're a real sports show, and we cover all sports: <laughs> UFC, football, by the baseball. Way, by the way, Josh, whatever. I do want to state that there, the one of the maintenance guys at school, like his his kids watch my watch our show, and uh, and uh, he he's Hungarian. And he's like, so when are you going to expand your guys' sports talk show to actual other sports? And I'm like, listen, we cover the major sports happening at the moment. All right, we do our best. It'd be cool too if we just had the resources and the time to do two or three episodes a week so that we could maybe be up to date and on all the current stuff. But just so much happens in a week that we just try to like laser focus Summarize on a couple, yeah. sm- couple large things and that's all the time we have for. But today we are dedicating most of this episode to World Cup action. Uh, maybe we will, like I said, bring Jared back on to talk as uh, we get down to like the final 16 or whatnot. But right now uh, we'll be just chatting up with jerry with soccer and then we'll also get some of his thoughts on uh our updated real american football college power <laughs> ranking and heisman uh finalists lists but shall we start with uh yeah let's do a, it gentlemen yeah let's do yeah. it so group a group a we have qatar the host country so if you don't know if you've never seen the world cup the host country is always in there so it's kind of just the thing that happens so qatar we'll see what happens with them but you have ecuador um, who did pretty well in the in the South American qualifiers. Uh, you have Senegal, who is my dark horse, just cat out of the bag right now. And uh, you have Netherlands. So I think, Jared, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of break down this group 
Uh, we're going to talk about the different teams for all of you that are listening. So if you if you're watching this and you're like, I I don't want to talk about Group A or whatever, you can fast forward to whatever group <laughs> that we're we're talking about at the moment. Yeah. So uh, if you're talking about Group A, Jared, go through each team and what what do you think some yeah. of the the strengths are of these teams and who do you think is going to really stand out in this group? Yeah, well, like you said, Ben, um, before we came on here, you kind of said, you know, some of these groups are going to have teams in that nobody really doesn't really know anything about just because they're on the smaller side. So like a lot of the Asian countries or maybe the Middle Eastern countries, even some of the African countries. But when I look at Group A, I'm looking at Netherlands and Senegal. All right. You got Qatar and Ecuador there. Yeah, Qatar's the host country, but it's Qatar. They don't really have any big names. Same with Ecuador. <laughs> You know, they don't, they don't have any really big, you know, Premier League names or anything like that. So I those two teams, for me, they're at the bottom of that table. I see Netherlands and Senegal getting out. And like you, Ben, I think I said this both the other times I was on here when we talked about the World Cup before we actually got the solidified groups and everything. I think I said Senegal is my dark horse to win the whole thing or at least get to the semifinals, um, something like that, to get third place. So Senegal is still my dark horse. No even with injuries that have happened, things like that, other teams that have looked good. Senegal is still my dark horse. I think they really will, um, whenever they play Netherlands, which I'm not sure exactly what which day that is, but whenever they play Netherlands, I think that that uh, matchup will determine who wins Group A, and then whoever loses or if they tie for some reason and they go off goal di- differential, they'll, that'll determine who gets one and two in, the, yeah. in that group. Um so if you look at the Senegal, the reason that they're my dark horse is one, they have Sadio Mane, one of the fastest players in all of soccer. Amazing, plays amazing for player. Iron Munich right now. Um, and then I I think one of the players to watch for them, actually, besides Sadio Mane, because everybody will be eyes on him for Senegal, is actually their goalkeeper. That's Edward what I was about to say. I was Mendy. about to say that too. Uh, I believe he, if, if I'm still correct, uh, he is still on Chelsea right now. And he, whenever yes. he goes in for Chelsea uh, or is in the in the goalkeeper spot for Chelsea, he always does good. So I think he would be is the key factor of them. Now Sadio Mane, don't get me wrong, he'll be scoring all the goals, but I think the the big key factor for them is their goalkeeper play. He has got to play good for them to move on even further in the round of 16. And then Netherlands, I mean, <laughs> there's really nothing to explain with Netherlands. It's the Netherlands. It's the Dutch. You know, they they have the Virgil Van Dijk. Um, they have some pretty solid goalkeepers. They got some good young uh, forwards and Cody, Cody Gakpo, I believe is his name. Um, they got some really talented young guys, and it's it's always the Netherlands. They always make it to like the quarterfinals at least. Um, usually get beat like by Brazil or France or somebody like that. Um, there's nothing really explained with the Netherlands. Even if you don't watch soccer, Netherlands just know they're always a good country, always tough to play against. Um, so yeah, I see Netherlands and Senegal. Um, make it at least out of that group. Um, I'd be, honestly, it would be a complete shock to me if Qatar, Ecuador even compete to make it to the first or second, but Hey, it's the world cup. Stranger things have happened in world cups. Hey, I, I like that. Josh, why don't you give us your thoughts on the groups and uh, give us your, your teams. Jo- by the way, Josh has been researching for the last three days. So <laughs> uh-huh. unlike me, that's playing candy crush. I know that Josh is just thinking over there. So if you're looking at him, he's just, pondering of what he's going to say <laughs> yeah i uh i mean i saturated my mind with a lot of previews and a lot of uh i guess expert picks and i don't think i saw one that didn't have both netherlands and senegal now the winner of those all seem to differ like honestly about a 50 50 split some people also i mean as you mentioned jared netherlands some people have them as a dark horse to win the whole entire thing 
you're the first person I found that thinks Senegal could be a dark horse to win the whole thing. Uh, maybe uh, do can you give me a little bit of uh, maybe the strengths and weaknesses, maybe uh, some matchups that Netherlands could win, a matchup that maybe Senegal could win if the two were to go at it, you know, in a situation where winner takes the group. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think with Senegal, their speed, uh, they have a lot of speed up front. So like I, like I said, Sadio Mane, definitely the key guy um if if this matchup were or when this matchup does happen um i think senegal would have to like i said earlier rely on their defense with their goalkeeper mainly their goalkeeper and then that front line that they have i can't remember the exact um the name of some of the other forwards they have but i've I've looked into it and they have some pretty decent speed up there so i think for them to attack netherlands with all they have they would definitely need um a lot of speed to um get rid of that defense because their Netherlands defense is what would, what would definitely help them if they play Senegal because their defense is so stacked. It's very stacked. I mean, you have the best center back in all of, um, all of soccer in Virgil van, van Jeek, van Jyke, van Dyke, van Dyke, van Dyke. How do you say it? Whatever you say it. Uh, he's the best center back in all of, all of soccer. So, I mean, he's a, he's an absolute monster back there. Um, they have some pretty good wing backs too. So I think, for Senegal to win, they would have to really push that defense to the to the limit and and try to get, honestly, try to get, um, it, in soccer terms, we call it like the easy goals where the goalkeeper might come out or something and you just kind of tap it in or a corner kick goal. Corner kick goals are always, always clutch to get, uh, especially because that could go 50-50. But I think they definitely, Senegal has to win, definitely have to win the 50-50 balls and then I think for Senegal to beat Netherlands or at least tie Netherlands to have a chance of winning the group, I think they would have to um, have more of the possession than Netherlands because if Netherlands retains the possession, I, th- I think it's game over. I think Netherlands would would win at least one or two to nothing or one one nothing or two to one, something like that. Mm. I think it will come down to speed and then the Netherlands defense. That's your man. Hey, D for Dutch, D for defense, S hey, for yeah, speed, exactly. S for Senegal, man. Remember it. Exactly. So, but Group A, we are unanimous. Netherlands and Senegal are getting out. Yeah, I hey, I love it. I I know for me, I, Jared, you touched on. It. I was going to talk about Edward Mende because mm-hmm. I like that was even before Mane. I was like this goalkeeper. Like you got to realize. Yeah. It, let, let me just give you a little hint, to everyone out there. There's been no African team that has ever won the World Cup, and this uh, is no the team. team. No African team has ever even made the. That's semifinal. true. That's true. So basically what I'm going to say is that the reason why I think Senegal is because one, this is basically Senegal, I believe is last real shot because a lot of these guys are in their thirties, early thirties, mid thirties. And so I think this really could be the last kind of chance for the Senegal team to, to hit, you know, a, a, a chance, a run really. And so Mendy at goal, I think Sadio Mane is just, like he's un, he's incredible to watch, and so yeah. I, I think I actually have Senegal topping the group, and then I have Netherlands finish second. But I will say this about Ecuador: one thing they were able to prove in South America was that they can play defense. I'm yeah. not saying they're going to win a game, but I wouldn't be shocked if they pull a draw out or they keep oh, yeah. both teams to like a 1-0 loss because that's one thing Ecuador's done. And don't be surprised, people, if. We all say this, and Qatar comes out and beats somebody, right? It's like World Cup. This it's is World the World Cup. Cup. It happens. You never yeah. know. So we've kind of pulled those two things. Um, and so that, that's what we all think. It is going to be a clean sweep across the board for us. It might be just different in places. But uh, mm-hmm. we have the group B, 
The group everyone's looking at. The, the group only group that... anybody in the States cares about. <laughs> this is, this Once is a true. certain team out of group B gets eliminated, nobody will care anymore. And that's, is, that drives us nuts. So in group B, if you don't know, it is England. It is Iran, which is kind of controversial right now, but besides the point. And then there's USA and Wales. So you have two teams from the UK. You have America, who was once occupied by England, and you have Iran. Enough said there. Um, so this is kind of a chaos group in some cases. Some say the U.S. got a great draw because if they make it out, then they have an easier kind of game, but I would might disagree with that. So, Jared, this yes. is going to be a group that I think any of these four teams could win it. Honestly, any four teams could win it of this group. Dude, I came to the same conclusion, man. And that's the thing. And if <laughs> there's a shot, and, I, and I've seen this stuff out here, that there's a chance that Iran and Wales top the group and England and the USA yeah. don't even make it in. So, Jared, my question to you is, what are some of the strengths of these teams, weaknesses of these teams, and who do you see coming out on top? Yeah, well, um, so after our previous videos where we said there are some other groups that are group of deaths, I really looked into this, and actually, fact... Every team in Group B and the very final FIFA World Cup ranking or FIFA rankings before the World Cup, every single team in this group is ranked in the top 20 of the FIFA rankings. Oh, my goodness. So you could honestly say that the U.S. has the group of death because of that, the, the ranking standards, which sometimes FIFA, FIFA rankings don't make any sense. Uh, we can save that for another time. But so I'm looking at this as I agree with you, Ben. I think any team, um, which stinks because it's the U.S., but any team possibly could win this group any team could make it out like th this is this is the group i think to watch in during at least the group stage of the world cup now as we look at england um they had so they had some you know they they were they haven't got rid of southgate have they they haven't got rid of that no. man yet have they well it makes sense though, because they were they <laughs> hey, were hungry beat them for nothing hey they hungry were, beat them for nothing i don't want to hear it true. that is true they were semi-finalists in the world cup in 2018 they have a lot of those same players so I think what you really got to look for in England is Harry Kane. He was the golden ball winner of the 2018 World Cup. Dude is an absolute beast up front. Scores goals like crazy. Um, he's one to watch out for. But also, just in general, England is probably the most well-rounded mm. well team in this World Cup. I, they're the most I, talented, too. I think I they're mean, the most I, talented. I think they're the most talented, too. Like, in my mind, there is no doubt on paper that England should should be – at least a top three favorite to win the world cup. We'll get to him eventually, but everybody's saying Brazil, which I understand, but I, I think England um, has a real shot at it. And if you just look at their team, I mean, goalkeeper plays kind of iffy with Pickford and Ramsdale. I mean, it's, eh, it's kind of iffy, but then I'm looking at their defense. I mean, they have, they have, like, what, they have what 40 left backs on their team, 40 yeah, right backs. Like <laughs> so many right they have backs. Trent Alexander Arnold, who, by the way, could have chose uh, the USA, which whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Um, he wanted to go to England, you know, Brits over there. Um, sorry if anybody's British watching this, no offense, but, uh, and they have Kyle Walker, Luke Shaw, John Stones. I mean, their defense is stacked. And then you go to their midfield. I mean, it's just, his Jared, you know, talent. you did, you did skip over Harry Maguire, which every England fan wants him off the team, by the way, if you look uh, yeah, at anything around skipped Harry Maguire. Yeah. He's absolute cheeks. I don't know why Gareth Southgate even <laughs> brought him up. Um, Declan Rice is, uh, and, and then we get to the midfield. They got Declan Rice, Jordan Henderson. 
I mean, they they got uh, Phil Foden and Mason Mount, two young stud guys. Jude Bellingham, James Madison, again, questionable move. Don't know why they brought him up, whatever. Um, and then you look at their forwards, you know, Jack Grillish, uh, Harry Kane, like I mentioned, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, Bukayo, Bukayo Saka, don't know how to pronounce the first name. And I mean, you just look at their team. That's that just some of their lists. I mean, they are Jared, you're you're up. so you're so American right now, the way you butcher names. Like it's just such I, an American thing to do. It's okay. It's okay though. It's totally worth it. Also, uh, uh, Josh, you are right there. You got cut off guard by Jared's uh, cheeks comment, right? <laughs> I just like he just said they're absolute <laughs> cheeks. That's hilarious. Uh, he, I mean, he has been, to be honest. Like yeah. every Man United fan knows it. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you just England's just I, I, honestly, I see England coming out on top in this Ooh. group. Ooh, now, here's the here's the thing with with USA, Wales, and Iran. Okay, this is a this is America's group, right? Like, as an American, I want so bad for the U.S. to win, be at the top of this group, win the group, because to prove everybody wrong about this young American team. And then I watched the roster reveal that Craig oh, Burke awful. they did on ESPN2. Oh, and there were some choices in my mind. As why to why, is Stefan Craig, not on the why, team? Why did you do that? Now, Stefan, hold on. Stefan, I get. He's always injury prone. Matt Turner has shown absolute why he should be the absolute number one goalkeeper for us. When he's at Arsenal, he has shutouts. He has 14 shutouts and only 19 caps for the Americans. Hmm. Um. So I get Matt Turner. You know, I think he should be the number one. I think he's a key player for the U.S. to go far. But then some of these moves. I mean, I'm I'm thinking like Tim Raim, 35 year old grandpa <laughs> coming on this team who has no World Cup experience. He's 35. He has no World Cup experience. He's a white he boy. White boy. Real. Why because, can't Tim Howard be on the team then? Right. Exactly. You know. But like <laughs> Tim Ream, I mean, I, I get it. He's on Fulham. He's in the Premier League. Okay, you bring him Did up. You say Fulham. Did you say That's it's Fulham? Say it. It's Fulham, yeah, not Fulham, Fulham. Whatever. That's how you spell it. So uh, let everybody spell it. But Tim Ream, like it, I think that was a joke. I don't think he should have been. I think like John Brooks, in my opinion, granted, he's probably going with guys who are like in form, which some of, most of these guys are in form, like Haji Wright. People are kind of harping on Haji Wright. I think that was a good pick as coming off the bench because Haji Wright has been very informed with his Turkish team. Uh, he's got like nine goals or something like that and like nine appearances somewhere around there. So he's been scoring goals left and right. The only, the other questionable move, Jordan Morris. I mean, I get the whole story where the dude like tore two ACLs finally gets that call up, but Malik Tillman is like so much more talented than Jordan Morris and should have been the guy to bring up uh, in place of him. So the U.S. has definitely had some questionable moves by Greg Berhalter there. But in general, I think I ah, Wales is going to be the tough first match for the for Americans right there. OK, the Stars and Stripes got a tough match with Wales being their first. I mean, Gareth Bale can't, can't go wrong with Gareth Bale. One of the best in the world. Well, was at one time. And I, I think USA can pull off the second the second place in this group. Um, like you said, it could be anybody coming out of this group. I mean, Iran, Wales. Yeah. All of them are in top 20. We're all in the top 20. So I, I have England and USA. I, Iran's got some studs as well. I mean, Wales, it's it's Wales. The first World Cup in like, what, 64 years. So they are they have all the momentum, honestly, in this group because of that. But I, I see USA and England. It's just going to be a really tough ride for the U.S. to get to the round of 16. Ooh. Josh, now, Jared, I have, before I reveal my picks, I, I think I need a couple things clarified first. So... <laughs> England, 
Well, not Tim Howard, but England. By the way, has- well, by the way Josh, pause you real quick. Tim Howard, by the way, fun fact, he is Hungarian as well. He's half Hungarian. Fun fact. Um, never would have guessed. But England, Jared, uh, they are winless in their last six games in all competition, which is their longest losing streak going into a major tournament. How important were those games? Were they trying? Were they at full strength? They're like, what's the explanation for that? Why were they so cold? Yeah, I honestly, when I saw that, like when I saw all them losing all those games, I was kind of shocked because it is England. Um, Personally, I think I'm pretty sure they were full strength, too. Like, I'm pretty sure they had at least most of these guys who were going to the World Cup. I think pretty sure most of them were playing in those games. So I don't know. I really I honestly have no explanation why they have six, six losses or well, winless in six games up to the World Cup. I honestly, I don't think Gareth Southgate, Southgate is a great coach. That's why they haven't no, won anything not. under him. Um, I mean, look at the Euros. There's your perfect example right there, the Euros. And then they lose to Croatia. Granted, Croatia is sometimes a dark horse, but they lose to Croatia in the World Cup in 2018 in the semifinals. You know, so I think Southgate is not a good coach. Like, I think they'd be better off with somebody else. Granted, I don't know who, but just somebody else. Um, so I think, honestly, their explanation is they just, I think they just played bad. I mean, which is very – it does hurt them going into the World Cup, but I also think that gives them some, like, motivation to say, hey, those games, we did not yeah. play well. I think we need to start this World Cup off with a bang versus Iran, and then they come and play USA on Black Friday. So, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely some options that, but I think they just – they honestly did not just play good in those six games leading up. And to Hungary was amazing, and Hungary dominated. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so I did notice same- that um, – Iran, uh, very solid defense. Uh, They've made it. They have not been able to make it past the group stage in their last six appearances, though, in the World Cup. However, lowest goal per game ratio, they allow about 0.6 goals per game. So they play very solid defense. That's going to be a problem for anybody in this group, like you said. Probably another reason why they're ranked in the top 20. Uh, Wales actually has the longest gap. Uh, the last time they made the World Cup was 68 years, so maybe a little bit of yep, motivation yep. for them. Like, hey, we're finally back. Let's make some noise. Uh, United States, though, guys, uh, they've made a ton of overhaul. I think they're the youngest roster, and there's yeah. also only, I yep. think, three guys from that 2018 team that failed to make it. Uh, but even despite uh, maybe the questionable roster picks, I think England being cold, Iran struggling to score – uh, could really make this thing wide open. And I'm going to go ahead and say United States wins because we've never lost to England in World Cup play, and we've never That's lost true. to England in a war. We just own them. That's what That's we do right. in the United States. That's right. United USA, States, baby. United States is winning USA. Group B. I'll go ahead, though. Even in, even with England going on a cold streak, I think maybe they put some things together. Uh, all the Harrys, you know, what a British name that is, uh, are going to go ahead and do enough to get past Wales and Iran. So United States is winning. England second. Okay. I'm I'm just saying, Josh. That was the greatest, greatest thing. Hey, we beat him in we beat him in soccer. We beat him in wars. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Never hey, lost him in World Cup. If they you ever add an NFL team, out. we'll probably beat them in that too. Amen. Hey, you know what? I'll say this. I, I'm with both of you, but I actually have a second team that's going to make it. I have the USA win the group. I think I agree with Josh. I think seeing how England's played the last few games and seeing the the frustration in the locker room at times, I think USA capitalizes i think they they actually i think they're going to win out i don't think usa will lose in this first group the second team i have is wales Mm. i believe wales is a team this is my thing england is just even their fan base is like not 
like excited, like they're excited, but they're not really pumped up. Right. And I think Wales with the, the, they haven't been there in so long. You have so many of these guys that you don't really hear about, but they just put it together and they win. And I think Wales finishes second. I think England, I think it's going to come down to like a last game type thing, but I think Wales will finish second. And Mm -hmm. there is your group B. Ben, of course, is different because I always just seem to have to be. But that is your group B. We'll get back to the USA in a se- at the end of the, these group talks. But, Jared, group C is a very mm, yes. interesting group. It is. Because you have Lionel Messi, obviously, in Argentina, his last World Cup. Yep. You have, um, by the way, FIFA, uh, EA FIFA, the video game, predicted Argentina to win it all. And you have Saudi Arabia, who is a sneaky team. I think people don't realize. We'll, we'll talk about that. You have Mexico, who's always a very good team in uh, in international play. And then you have Poland, who a lot of people don't realize have a very good up front. And they, yeah. oh, they yes. could be very good. So my question for you, Jared, is, is, again, what do you see in these groups? Do you see any strengths out of these teams? And who do you think is coming out on top? And who's finishing second? Yeah, well, um, I, uh, I know me, you're biased on this. I know you're biased on oh, this. Oh, I am absolutely biased on this. Uh, for me, Argentina easily winning all three games. Messi, <laughs> Messi is going to unload in this World Cup. He wants to prove everybody that he is the best player to ever play soccer. Oh my goodness! Even better than go. Pele. I I know Pele fans are going to be offended, <laughs> but Messi is the best player to ever play this game. He's about to, dude. The dude is thirty-five. Pushkash shared. No, Messi. The dude is thirty-five and has like. A combined 23, like, um, in in play with 23 goals for PSG, and he's 35. I mean, this guy is insane. How old is he, Jared? How old is he? 35. How old? And, by okay. the way, I think, even though he says it's his last World Cup, hey, at 39 oh, years go. old, anything can happen. But <laughs> since this is most likely his last World Cup, yes, I'm going to say right now, can happen um, at 39. Argentina is winning this group. Three straight games, they're winning wow. all the games, okay. at least two nothing. Uh, I know it is biased, but Lionel Messi is my favorite player of all time. And if you just look at their team, they are stacked, stacked from top yeah. to bottom. It, some could say they might even have more talent. Actually, they, I think they do have a little bit more talent than England. Uh, they have a better goalkeeper, in my opinion, and um, Emili- Emiliano Martinez. They have really good back line. Uh, well, the, their back line, I wouldn't say it's really good. That's it's probably their weakest part. That's be, probably their weakest part of their team. their midfield and forwards are unreal. I mean, their front line is going to be Messi, Demiria, and Paolo Dabala. So that is their front three. And then their midfield, um, my guess is, my prediction for their starters, is probably going to be um, maybe um, Paredes, um, probably – um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start Martinez down there in the midfield at first. And then they also have um, some other really good players in that midfield that can off the bench. So I think Argentina just right away sweeps it. Boom, nine points. They're advancing. As it comes to the second team, Saudi Arabia is dangerous. El Tree, Mexico, dangerous team always. I, they always the choke at it sometimes, though. The, the, yeah. The one player you got to look for for Mexico, though, is the legend at goalkeeper. He only comes out. Ochoa. You know, he only comes out every four years for every World Cup that he's been in for the past five World Cups. Guillermo Ochoa. Ochoa. Okay. I mean, this dude is like World Cup. He's talent. old, like, too. He is man. only for Goodness. World Cup. Like this, he'll save everything. Apparently, uh, you just like you try to shoot it. Nope. He's saving everything. All right. He's like the Tim Howard for Mexico. Now, um, <laughs> That's Josh's. Head uh, that's that's yeah. why I said it. Uh, so 
Guillermo Cho is definitely somebody to watch for Mexico, but I honestly think Poland Poland is going to be the second good. team to advance. Now, I don't think they will. I I think there's a chance they actually tie Mexico. Um, Saudi Arabia might be able to get a tie or a win out of this group, but I think Poland at least wins two of their games, um, loses to Argentina. But I mean Lewandowski, <laughs> best, go best score right now in, in soccer. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, they have a really good goalkeeper too. Um, they have several good defenders, midfielders. They're young too. They're pretty. They're, they, they they're pretty young, young guys too. So I think I I think I think Argentina and Poland are the are the two that make it out. Ooh, interesting. Josh, what's your thoughts? I mean, Argentina seems like the clear heavy favorite here uh, with the star part they got with guys like Messi. But second place is what's interesting. Uh, like I saw earlier with the 50-50 split, it seemed like with uh, who was going to win Senegal or Netherlands in Group A. Uh, the second team getting out of here looks uh, kind of a t- like a toss-up too between Mexico and Poland. But yeah. I do know that Mexico has made it uh, past the group stage in the last seven World Cups. So yeah. perhaps they have the pedigree and the experience. So I'll ask you, Jared, uh, is there uh, maybe a matchup that Poland can take advantage of? Any shot you'd give them to uh, be that second team? I I'm, honestly, like I was saying, and like how Ben said, that front line that they have, I mean, Levin, they have Lewandowski, uh, Piatek coming off the bench. Alex, uh, I, can, I don't even know how to say that guy's first name. His last name is Milik. And then their their midfield giving it to that forwards, but I think for them to at least get past Mexico whenever they meet, because Argentina, like I said, they're sweeping it. Saudi Arabia not as big of a as a of a threat, um, but to get past Mexico, I really think it comes down to just one person, and that is Robert Lewandowski. Um, if he scores a, one goal against Mexico, just one goal, and it it has to be I think an early goal, put Mexico in kind of in the hole there. Um, and if he scores, because once what if you've seen Lewandowski play at all, yeah, even for Barcelona, any ridiculous. any leagues, once he scores, he kind of gets on a roll and he just keeps scoring. So I think Lewandowski's got to score at least one goal early on versus Mexico. And if if that point, if it comes to that point, I think from then on, Mexico is going to be in trouble and Poland is quickly going to kind of put the pressure on Mexico. And it obviously always it always ends up coming down to goalkeeper play in soccer. They both have because, good goalkeepers too. Yeah, they both have good goalkeepers. So. I think I think it just comes down to the one the one goal for Lewandowski and then kind of put the pressure on Mexico and and shoot it from there. Mexico's got some good wins too. Uh, they yeah. beat Germany 1-0 2018. They had a scoreless draw with Brazil in 2014. Yep. 2-0 win over France in 2010. So uh, I do like I mean, the Mex- Mexicans' pedigree. I'm gonna go with Argentina and Mexico out of this one. Ooh. Josh, as for Josh the, went as different. For the, yeah. As for the Saudis, they can uh, worry about their golf tour because they ain't getting any in this World Cup. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love Back Josh's to the live, baby. Hey, you know, I love it. For Ben here, I've decided, you know, I, I agree with Jared and everything he said on, on Mexico and, and Poland. And I actually like uh, Szczesny, their goalkeeper for Poland. I mean, he's very underrated, I think, in the world stage. I think people just don't talk about him, and he's he's very good. Yeah. Um, they also have a very young center back named Jan Bednarik, um, who's 26. He's young. They have a young attacking midfielder named uh, Peter Zielinski, also a young guy. A lot of these young guys with these veteran guys that I think could play a factor. And I'm going to have to go with Jared. I I just think, I I think Poland's attacking is too much for, I think, Mexico to handle full 90 minutes. Um, I do think it's going to be close, but I do believe that Argentina is going to run away with it. And then I think it's going to be down to who gets the stops and which goalkeeper shows up. If Ochoa shows up from 10 years ago, Mexico wins this. But if he's 
kind of the older version of him, then we'll see what happens. But I believe yeah. that Poland will be. So my two teams are Argentina and Poland. All right. That is Group C. Group D is a is a is a good group. It, it's a yeah. uh, it's an interesting group. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's weird because you look at Group D and you're like, well, France should run away with it, but. Should I would they, just though, say because Denmark's yes, beaten in the last two times saying. they faced. That's what I'm saying. So in group group D, you have French, the France. You have the Aussies, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. You have the Denmark, uh, D- the Danes. Danes, come on now. Sorry, the Danes, the Vikings. She's Danish Danes. and breakfast. Um, and then you have and, the hmm. Tunisians from Tunisia, yeah. who honestly, I didn't know where that was until I looked on a map a couple of days ago. So, yeah, I know it's in Africa. I just didn't know where in Africa. Oh. So, you have these four teams. Jared, give give us your take. Uh, do you think there'll be any surprise in here, or do you think it's pretty much France, and then we'll see what happens? What yeah. do you think? Um, so, here's the thing. Uh, last time I checked, I think France had a couple injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, do. I think Pogba's hurt. Yeah, I think he was. So hurt, I don't yeah, believe Pogba's even in the World Cup this year, which is interesting. Granted, he hasn't been really good for anybody <laughs> lately, so that kind of makes sense that they didn't even call him up. Um, they always they have Hugo Yoris still. So. It seems like he's been there for years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been there for like 50 years. Um, they have solid defenders as always. Mbappe. Um, I mean, Varane, Rafael Varane, um, Upemecano, um, Jules Kuande. Uh, Ibrahima Konate. I mean, they Theo Hernandez. They have really good, solid defenders. Midfield. They have both Hernandez solid, brothers, I think, right? Uh, yep. Solid midfielders in Kamavinga from. Oh, he's from, so good. Um, Young guy from Real Madrid. Fofana, uh, Gwen Duzi, Rabio. Uh, Chumani, who's a new young guy. But they don't on. have a Conte's not playing this year because no. I believe he's injured. Conte's also injured. So. And then obviously Kylian Mbappe. You can't go wrong with him. Best player in the world. Um. Well, eh. so called. Uh, you can debate. Anyways, so they have very solid, very solid team all around. However, as you mentioned, <laughs> Denmark has beaten them. Good job, in Josh. The past two times they played. So here is my shock of the World Cup, oh. right? Oh, will it be a third time? Den- <laughs> Denmark, because they are the Danes, the great Danes. Viking uh, background they have, you know, because they are the Danes and because they have Christian Eriksen, who came off that like heart attack or whatever he had during a game, That's and then out of bold. nowhere, it does amazing for Brentford and then signs for Man United, is a great leader. So, and it's Denmark. For some reason, they always play good in the World Cup. Mm. So, I am going to have the Danes not winning against France, but tying France. And then, based on goal differential, I think Denmark somehow ends up on top of this group. <laughs> and then France hits second. Now, I th- th- like I said, this is a complete shot in the dark. This is probably not even going to happen because it is France. They are literally insane. Um, I, based on the other teams, Australia. Sorry, Aussie. Sorry, mate. It ain't going nowhere for the year. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Um, Australia. I, I, I just don't think they have a chance. Tunisia. Sorry, Africa. That's the one team that probably is not even going to come close to advancing. I just don't think their talent is there. Um, if you look at Tunisia's roster, they don't really have anybody well known necessarily from there. Um, same with Australia. I mean, you got a couple guys, but all the guys they know are like retired and old. So I think it comes down to France and Denmark, and that game is going to be the big toss up as to who advances and who gets second. 
Hey, yeah. I love it. I was reading, I think uh, France actually would have been the Vegas favorite to win the whole World Cup if they were playing yeah. it in June like normal. But yeah. then those, hey, losses yeah, did, <laughs> those losses to Denmark changed a couple things. But, yeah. you know, I would imagine beating a, a, the same team three times in a row would be a challenge. So I'll yeah. go ahead and go with the popular pick, at least for the group of France, and then I'll have Denmark come in second. Right. Australia has been to, like, I think, five straight World Cups, but had yeah. their last win and one came in 2010. So uh, it's going to be tough for them. And I think Tunisia might be able to steal one. They almost Ooh. stole one from England in 2018. That is true. Yeah, so maybe they can snag a, maybe one win in this group, not really go anywhere, but I'll go with uh, France winning it and Denmark right behind them. I would have to agree. I think uh, yeah, I have to agree with Josh, Jared. I, I'm with you. I think Denmark could do something, but I just think France, you can't three. I mean, I feel like three times is, it's a hard thing to do. And I, so I think it's going to be France, then Denmark. And then I want to have a surprise when I don't have Tunisia finishing third and fourth be Australia. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I looked at the Australian team and I'm hey. like, you have yeah. a lot of old guys. And so, when you have a lot of old guys in soccer, that doesn't always pan out great. So it just has the United States. Yeah. Um, so uh, hey. that is Group D. I think that was the easiest group we've done so far. I think so. Group E, though, man, yeah, that's going to be this, a challenge because this was one that everyone thought could be a group of group death, death. Yes. too. Yep. This is interesting yep. because we have, and if you don't know, if you're watching, you'll be able to, you'll be able to hear us talk about it, or, or if you're listening to, I guess. Uh, group E, we have Spain. We have Costa Rica. Just oh. keep that keep that name there for a second. And Los then you Ticos, have, baby. And then you have yeah. Germany. And then you have Japan. By the way, Germany, uh, Hungary also beat Germany. Just want to point that out. Um, and um, you have Japan to finish up the group. And Jared, I think you can look at this group and just like the group B, that I think any of these four teams yep. could finish in the top Absolutely. two. Absolutely. So Jared, does Spain or Germany both get out or do neither of them get out? That's the question. Okay, here's the thing. If I remember right from my memory all the way back in 2018, if I remember right, Germany did, did not make it out of the group stage. That is true, yes. Yeah. Neither did Spain, right? I believe It was that one or 2014, or one of the two. It was one of those two. Well, one of the two, yeah. Spain didn't make it out either. So for some reason, Germany and Spain are usually inconsistent with these World Cups. Here's the thing. You also have Japan, who's very consistent in World Cups. Almost Japan's always hot, too. They're very oh, yes, hot. Almost <laughs> always make it to the group stage, or I mean, uh, out of the group stage into the knockout round. And then you have Costa Rica, who Best always shocks right the world and upsets the one team that nobody thinks will upset. So this was this is the most challenging group, I think, for me to pick because of these four teams. Like you said, I think this is even harder to choose from than Group B because I think it's more of a toss-up for any of these four teams to make it out. So with that being said, if, we look at the roster, so if, if, if you look at the rosters first, okay, Costa Rica, the only really big, big name they have is Kaylor Navas, their goalkeeper, which Great everybody goalkeeper. knows for Costa Rica to move on, they have to have him playing at his top level, almost a shutout in probably every game for them to move on. Then you look at Germany. Uh, why do I need to even say anything? It's Germany. Japan. Again, don't really need to say anything just because it is Japan. They're a very consistent World Cup team. Not necessarily that they have huge amounts of talent. It's just they all gel together very well. And it's Japan. The Japanese, for some reason, go crazy in the World Cup. And then you have Spain. Again, why should I have a lot of young guys? <laughs> it's the Spain with a lot of very, very, very young players. So <laughs> here is my pick oh, boy. for this group. I am going to have, because Germany. Did not make it out of 2018. They're going to go on a revenge And struggled in Euros, too. Though. I think, yes, and the Euros. I think Germany wins this group. 
now don't they the have the youngest guy though too they have makoko who's the youngest player yes, i think in the yes tournament. indeed he is he's a really he's a beast too he's gonna um be. so germany wins this group however in second place i am going another shot out this i am putting japan in second place oh it, it might not be a huge shot but it's because japan if you look at the the past at least maybe three or probably three world cups so since 2010 they usually at least contest with the people in their group or make it out of the group stage into the knockout round. Literally, Japan is one of the most consistent teams I've watched in the World Cup. I almost always see them in a World Cup, and they almost always make it out of the group stage. So I'm going with Germany winning. Japan, I know some people are going to be like, oh, but the Espanols, you know, Spain, <laughs> they have such a talented core. They do. However, I think it's because of how young Spain is that is going to hurt them in the experience department, um, kind of like the U.S. I think that might be U.S.'s disadvantage as well. We can get it later. But um, Spain, that young talent, is just, it's going to hurt because they don't have any of that World Cup experience, even though they are very talented. So I, I'm going dark horse kind of Japan making out of that group right behind Germany. I am right with you, Jared. I like the, yeah. the revenge tour. Uh path for germany and i mean japan they've only lost two of their last 13 matches they've been hot they've been consistent like you said so i'm rolling with uh the same situation right there spain uh some people might say well why doesn't uh inexperience hurt the united states i think this group's a lot uh more tough uh, to get out of i think i think that the united states group is i don't want to say weak enough that that's not going to be an issue but this one is just like there's yeah. a lot to deal with and uh spain might be like maybe one world cup out from uh really being able to do something though yeah and i before ben goes i actually want to say um i also kind of kind of a long shot here at saying this but i am having costa rica tie spain and they're going to be tied for pretty much tied quote unquote in third for the group interesting interesting i am going to go with Japan finishing second. I will just say that to start with. I think Japan, I agree with you guys. Japan is just that team. It's like, you know, it's like that team you watch like every year and like, you know, the NBA, MLB or whatever. The year's like, how are they always in the running for yeah. the playoffs? You know, it's like, it, it just how does this always happen? Right. And I think it's it, Japan is that way. Right. Like, I feel like they're going to get to, it's kind of like, you know, Notre Dame, they're going to get to the final stage, but then they're going to choke and they're not going to finish it out. All right. That's what like Japan's the like. Too, yeah. Okay. Well, you know. Bengals didn't win it last year. That's all I got to say. Anyways, moving on. Um, so Japan finished second. I actually have Spain finishing first. Wow. I've okay. listen, I've watched Germany over the last few games, especially since I'm living here in Europe and I'm I'm seeing the highlights and I'm watching them. And the way they lost to Hungary, and it's like I like I, Hungary is a is a good team. They're not great. They're they're talented, but that's a team that Germany should be handling both in the Euros and then outside of the Euros as well. So for me, I just think Spain has a lot of young talent and I'm a believer in young talent. I think the only way in order for you to get experience is by playing. And I think they have enough old enough guys to keep them settled, but then yet to have these young guys that can just go and play and have fun. So for me, I have Spain finishing first and two would be Japan and third would be Germany. So again, right. it could be a toss up, but that's, that's what my gut feeling is um, in that group. Now, Josh, Jared, we have Group F, which mm, kind of interesting. If you're if you're an American fan, this is the other group you're kind of cheering for. You know, Canada, Canada, wow, Canada, Canada, wow, Canada to our north. Obviously, we we saw how dominant Canada was. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. In Group F, you have Belgium, 
always yeah. in the World Cup, right? Yeah. You have Canada, you have Morocco. Think about them for a second. And then you have the classic Croatia, who somehow Croatia always tends to show oh, up and beat amazing in the World Cup. Every year. So, Jared, in Group F, we know Belgium's getting out of this group. That's I think we can all can agree on that, possibly. Um, but my question is, where do you see Canada? Where do you see Croatia, Morocco? Are these teams going to be able to yeah. bring something to compete? Okay, <clears throat> here's what I'm saying. Belgium, for some reason, for literally the longest time, I mean, probably since Euro 2020s or when it was supposed to happen, they were ranked number one in the world in the FIFA rankings. And I had no idea why, because on paper, this team might be good. But uh, from what I saw from the Euros and then um, kind of during the qualifiers a little bit, Belgium does not look like a, a, a top five team in the world. Now, with that being said, they have Kevin De Bruyne, absolute Lukaku. monster. He was, a, he was a monster in the 2018 World Cup and 2014 World Cup. Dude should carry him the whole way, I'm guessing. Um, Lukaku's had some injuries, yeah. so I, he's kind of on the edge for me. Uh, Tiboy, I don't know how to say his first name, but Courtois, their goalkeeper, yeah, Courtois he, won, he won the best goalkeeper in the 2018 World Cup. So here's the other thing about the other three teams in this group. All of them could be dark horses in this World Cup. So you're looking at Canada, right? Dominated. Everybody's saying, oh, Canada, yeah, they they dominated the you know, nor, the the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. And they did. They dominated as they should have. They're a very talented team. They have some very talented guys. They have Alfonso Davies, quote-unquote, could be a top five, probably top three left back in the world. Can also play up front. They have Jonathan David, a really good, good young striker. Midfield is a little weak. But they do have some good young guys in there, like Jonathan Osorio. They they have up, up front, they also have Tejan Buchanan. Canada could be a dark horse. And then you look at Croatia. Last Always. World Cup 2018, they were a dark horse. They made it to the finals. They almost beat France. They should have, honestly, beat France in the finals of the World Cup. So that's a dark horse. They have a really good, talented. I mean, they have the absolute iconic man in uh, Luka Modric, Okay. Ivan Perisic, I mean, they, they. if you look at their roster, talented, usually decently talented from top to bottom. And then Morocco, kind of a dark horse for Africa as well because they have some some decent young guys. Um, they have Hakimi. Um, I believe he plays for PSG right now. I think he's their left back. Hakim Zayek, uh, he plays for uh, Chelsea, I believe, at least last time I checked. Um, they have some other talented guys. I'm not going to try to say their names because I'm just going to butcher them because it's Morocco. But here's the thing. This is the group where I am actually going crazy in who comes out of this group. Because I just want this to happen in this group. Because honestly, <laughs> He's taking I Morocco like, and Canada. I do, I do not like the Belgians. Uh, no, not <laughs> no offense to like Belgian people. I just don't like Belgium, like the like the soccer team Belgium. And like, we're banned. They're ter terrible. I do not, they're <laughs> overrated every time. Okay. Here's who's making it out of this group it's not Morocco, it is going to be. Croatia on top, Canada in second. Because if I remember right, this is Canada's. Second, I don't want to say I believe. Second, second ever second. World Cup, and yeah. the first time they've made it since a long time ago. So Canada, kind of like Wales, is going to be that like push, like, hey, we need to make a name for ourselves. We're finally in a World Cup again. So Croatia and Canada, baby. 
Let's go. Wow. Shoot, man. Hey, Josh. Josh, he out... does, Josh, he doesn't like the Belgians. Oh, man. No more waffles for Jared. But... Uh, apparently not. No. Man, dude, when I was looking at this one, it just it just kind of seemed like a, like Belgium and then a crapshoot. Uh, I am not uh, smart enough in soccer to know why Belgium won't get out of this, so I'm just going <laughs> to stick with them as the safe pick. But good, good out, pick, of these, good pick. out of these other three, man, I'm – I, I think Croatia, uh, maybe the little experience that they have, uh, they seem to be a, a reoccurring uh, appearance or make a reoccurring appearance in this tournament. I'll go with them. Uh, that seems a little bit safe. Uh, nothing bold in that group, unfortunately, <laughs> but that's what I'm going with. Hey, that's, it's, it's solid because, Josh, I'm going with Belgium. Like, I just can't go against – De Bruyne, I can't go against Courtois. Like I just, I think Belgium's that team. Like they might not be great, but they're always going to be solid. I think Belgium comes out of this group, and I'm actually going to go with Jared. Man, I I want to say Croatia, but the way Canada played in in qualifiers, the way they've just had this momentum, it's like Canada. No one believes in them. Yeah, I, I'm going to have an upset. I'm going to say Canada gets out of the group, and Croatia does not get out of this group. Um, I think Croatia is starting to hit that. They're getting too old peak. I'm not saying they are, but oh, I'm yeah. just saying in general, I feel like they're getting yeah. up there. Um, so Belgium and Canada for me will get out of this group in group F. So that is group F. Now we're on to probably one of my biggest dark horses in the whole tournament, more than oh, even boy. Senegal. I know you're saying group G. And Bro, I'm not gonna say the- who I'm not gonna say who my dark horse is. Uh-huh. But all man. I'm going to say is it's going to last. Yes, Josh, I know you wanted to comment. Uh, yeah, I did, because I was like, man, this was the easiest one for me to pick. So the fact that you're saying Dark Horse, I'm like, <laughs> which one is he leaving out? So like, you, I think you kind of need to go ahead and say that. Like, let's, let, let's wait for Jared's analysis at the end. I need to know who you're leaving out. Okay, I'll just say this. My Dark Horse to win the whole thing is Serbia, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll get oh, to it at okay. the end. So, Jared, huh. go ahead okay. and do your thing. All right. Well, here's the thing. I think there's a another dark horse that you did not mention that can make it. Poor Josh. That is, and that <laughs> I thought I knew it, dude. <laughs> I don't know I think, anything. See, I think it's I think it's Cameroon. Oh, the, okay. An African nation I remember very, you talking about Cameroon the last yeah, time we had you who, on. Who is very consistent in a World Cup? They always seem to be in a World Cup. Now, if you look at Group G, you have the. They are the World Cup favorite right now from what I've seen from the betting in Las Vegas to everybody, analysts I've ever seen. Everybody's saying Brazil's going to win the World Cup, which I think is a very, very logical yeah. pick to yeah. win the World Cup. Um, so they're making it out of this top. They're the top of this group. Now you look at the other three. Uh, ben, you said Serbia, which kind of questioning. Uh, okay. No, I'll go. No, I'll go. I'll go in there in a second. No, I'll go with it in a second. I'll tell you why. All right. But I look at Cameroon and why I like Cameroon Goalkeeper play, man. It is literally sometimes the World Cup. It all comes down all goalkeeper play. They have Andre, Andre, sorry, Andre Onana. All right, he is a monster back there in the keeper spot. He is very good. Now, you look at their defense. They have some decent defense. Not really anybody who's known. They got some 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 decent guys up front again. Uh, decent guys, not really known. They have Vikambi. I believe he's in the the French French league. They have Chupo Moting, who's actually like kind of beasting it up for, um, I believe it is Bayern Munich right now. Um, so he's kind of a kind of a player to look out for. Um, you have George's Kevin and Kudu. Um, you have some other players. I'm also not going to try to say their names because I don't want to butcher them like I already have. Um, so Cameroon, I think, is another dark horse. Switzerland, eh, eh, 
I think they could actually, Yeah, they're the eh. Yeah, they're the eh they, of this group. They're, they're not bad though. Like they, this group, this group, whoever finishes second, it's gonna be a close race. Like it's not gonna be a complete blow away for second place. First place, I think Brazil wins all three of their games. Second place, Switzerland looks very, very talented. You know, Brian Bolo, Ruben Vargas, they have Shakiri, Granite Xhaka. Um, Jan Summer is one of their goalkeepers, probably their number one. So I, as much as I want to say there could, there's a possibility of three African teams getting into the round of 16, as much as I want to pick Cameroon here, after looking at this roster and the talent that are in each of these rosters, I'd have to say Brazil is number one and Switzerland is number two in a very close race for that second place. Mm. Interesting, Josh. Now that you've heard both of our, we have dark horses. <laughs> well, Brazil and Switzerland were the two that I was going to pick. Brazil hey. seemed like the easiest one, like a lock with how heavily they're favored to win the whole entire thing. So it's like, okay, easy, easy win right here. Easy pick with uh, dudes like Neymar on that team, all the talent in the world. But yeah, that second one, man, I mean. Cameroon's got some freaky athletes like guys like Joel Embiid, and I'm pretty sure Joel has yeah. said he'd be playing pro soccer, if not basketball. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Too bad he couldn't suit up for this team, though. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and stick with my initial pick of Switzerland to be the second team to get out. Well, I'm and say- I, I think I think Switzerland could also be a dark horse kind of in that round of 16. Jared, you have like 40 dark horses, Jared. That's hey, not fair. It's the World Cup. Dark horses happen. It's okay. okay. It's I, I will say this. So, Jerry, this I'm going to go into detail here. So, I, I think Brazil wins this group. I, I, I'm not doubting that. This is why I said Serbia, right? If you look at their front line, they have Dusan Vlavic, who, if you don't know who he is, yeah. you are crazy to think about because watch this man play. He's six foot five. He is a mammoth of a human being, right? An amazing up front. They also have uh, Milind. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Milinkovic Savic, who is a very good midfielder. His brother is a goalkeeper for the team as well. You also have uh, uh, Mitrovic. You have Dusan Tadic, who is also like one of the best, like their front, Luka Jovic, their forwards are unreal. And I think they might not, they're a defensive tactic, but I feel like they're a team that could steal points, I guess, I think against Cameroon and Switzerland. And I, I just feel like they're going to be able to come out in second, mainly because of that attack. I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain that at past the group stage, but I do believe this is a dark horse. Yeah. That if they get the defense to just stop people, this offense can do some damage. So that's why I have Serbia coming second right, in this yeah. group. Yeah. So that is why Ben Bowden is going against the green and thinks that this is a dark horse. I could be completely wrong, which is hey, yeah. probably I mean, true. It's, like, it's a World Cup. Anything happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so we have the final group, Josh. We, you've made it, Josh. You've made it this far. <laughs> We've made it to the end. We and have... Hopefully all of our listeners have too. And they haven't fast forwarded to the college football discussion yet. <laughs> that is true. Uh, we have in group H, we have the very con- controversial Portugal right now due to multiple reasons. <laughs> and we have Ghana and we have Uruguay. And then we have Korea Republic or South Korea. South Korea. Um, it's an interesting group. Honestly, you look at this group and I could go again, all four of these teams, any of them could qualify. Um, and I know we all want to see a Portugal Argentina matchup, Absolutely. but I'll be honest. I'm just going to say now we'll get to my picks. I don't know if they'll get out of this group. Jared, what do you think about this group and uh, who's coming out? Yeah. So group H very interesting group. Uh, Ghana, another African team that is talented enough to get to the round of 16. I mean, the African nations are showing out here in the world cup with the teams they have put through. I mean, if you look at 
uh, at Ghana, they have Inaki Williams, who actually his brother Nico is playing for Spain. So Interesting. <laughs> he actually chose Spain over Ghana, which is funny. Didn't want to play with his brother, apparently. Um, goalkeeper <laughs> play, I don't believe it's very good. I looking at these names, I haven't heard of any other good goalkeeper. Is Onana not playing? Onana um, not playing? Onana's for Cameroon, Ben. Oh, that's right. Cameroon. Uh, Sorry. They have they have a couple brothers uh playing in Andre Ayu and Jordan Ayu, which if I remember right, they are related to uh, who was it? They're related to a famous soccer player. I believe it was Pele. Don't get me wrong on that. I could be wrong, but I believe it is Pele. He's like their grandfather or something. I don't know. Um, but they have they have some decent players to make it out. You look at Portugal, and I think everybody, for viewership of that FIFA World Cup final, everybody wants it to be Portugal, Argentina, Ronaldo, and Messi. Vying one last ride. First, one last ride, and each of them could be their first World Cup ever winning it. Um, but I got to agree with you, Ben. Portugal is kind of iffy. I mean – what last time U.S. played them in what was it 2014? We tied them uh, yeah. and almost beat them. So I, they're kind of an iffy team when it comes to the World Cup play. South Korea, the one guy consistent, the, the only guy you need to look out for for South Korea is uh, Sun Son Sung Young Min. But he's he in, the, I know he was injured though. He is, but he plays for Tottenham Spurs Tottenham. over there in England. Not Tottenham. Um, Tottenham. Yeah, that's what I said. Tottenham. And uh, he is a, an absolute Americans. beast. He is he he actually got a share of the golden ball from the Premier League last year. So he's a very good goal scorer. So I think South Korea that could be South Korea's ledge to get out of this. And then Uruguay, I mean, you know, Luis Suarez, Mister Biter, always bites in the World <laughs> Cup. Um, they have Darwin Nunez up front with Suarez, Maximiliano Gomez, Edison Cavani. That front core is lo- loaded. They have a really good defender in Ronald Arajo from uh, Barcelona. Diego Godin, very popular name. Jose Maria Jimenez. Uh, they have Sebastian Sosa. Fernando Muslera is their goalkeeper. So Uruguay is a very talented, I think, an, an underdog. Like, I, I think a lot of people, they're a very underrated team, I think. Uruguay is, talent-wise at least. But out of this group, just because I really want a Portugal-Argentina final, I'm having Portugal get out of this group, and then I am gonna choose. I, I I see this. This was a hard pick for me because I really wanted Uruguay because of their talent to get out of this group, but I can't just not. I can just not support a biter in a World Cup game. <laughs> so I do not want Luis Suarez to get back in the round of 16 and bite another person. So I think I'm gonna have to. I I had to choose, honestly, Ghana. And Portugal, just because I do want another African nation in the round of 16, give Africa a little bit more of a chance to make the semifinals for all the all the African listeners we have, you know, because I think, yeah, I think Ghana, Ghana, Ghana can be can be another African nation that could make it at least to the uh, round of 16. So I'm going to have Portugal and Ghana making out of this group. Ooh, Portugal on top. Josh, who you got? Give me Portugal. Uh, I like the potential uh, Ronaldo Messi uh, uh-huh. championship down the line. Uh, plus, I think there's just other talented players on Portugal that whose names I don't know, but the internet told me they're talented. So Indeed. Portugal winning. <laughs> Second place, I'm going to go with uh, Uruguay for okay. no other reason other yep. than the fact that uh, they're South American and those teams tend to do pretty good in soccer. So That's true. I don't really have any, uh, any other logic behind that, but <laughs> if there's a dude that bites, man, let, let's, uh, let's hope that they don't, but. <laughs> 
And I'm going to go with, even though I said I didn't know if Portugal was going to get through, I, I believe that Uruguay is actually, I think Uruguay could top the group. So I got Uruguay and then I have Portugal second. Uh, I wanted to say Korea. Like, you know, I just, it's something about Korea. Like they're always happy, right? Like I teach a lot of Koreans at school and I know they're really excited for, for Korea being there, but I just, I think Ghana is going to be better than them actually. So I think it's going to be Portugal, uh, sorry, Uruguay, Portugal, and Ghana. Now, as we, that is our group H. That is all the groups we've talked about here in just a, a short minutes. I just want to give Jared to give a few recaps, but before we get to the U S let's go around here uh, and just quickly give us your two teams that will be in the final and who will win it. Um, I'm going to have Josh, you go first and then uh, I'll go and we'll have Jared finish up. So Josh. I don't want to, I don't want to pick two teams that can't face each other. So A, B, C, and D is on one side of the bracket. EFGH yeah. on yep. the other side. Okay, yep. so I'll yep. not pick That's two that teams from the same side. Okay, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Let's see from uh, the ABCD side, man. Uh, that's a tough one, man. I feel like that could be uh, like Argentina or France. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, let's go, Argentina. EFGH, I'm going to go Brazil, and we got a Brazil-Argentina final. Ooh, South American Ooh. final. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, boy. It could be fun to watch. It I, would be, yes. I was I was struggling on this, to be honest. It's tough, um, dude. On Especially EF, when you don't know EFGH, anything about soccer. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> EFGH, uh, I was down between uh, Brazil and Belgium. I think that will be end up being the matchup before. So I, I'm actually going to go with Brazil uh, in the final on the EFGH. Then the top group, I was just like, I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, but I'm actually. So this is the thing. I do believe Senegal is going to make it to the semifinals. I, I believe they will make it to the semifinals, which will give that, you know, African nations. But I, I, I struggle. So I believe semifinals would be what, Jared? It would be, would it be a, the winner of AB would face winner of cd is that correct is that how it usually works yeah i mean it would work like that so like well yeah so yeah so whoever wins out of it, well because you gotta think round of, there's the round of 16 quarterfinals yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. So, so the winners the winners of the ab matchups would then face the winners of the cd matchups CDs, yeah yeah and okay then winners over so i'm gonna say it's gonna be uh i'm gonna go I'm going to go Netherlands versus Brazil for the final Netherlands versus Brazil. And my wow. winner will be Brazil. Brazil. Okay. Uh, Jared, who do you got in that final? Here's, here's the thing. As an American soccer fan, there is so much. I want just the American men's national team to finally make a world cup final. However, I think that's going to happen in 2026 because it's going to be here in the U S and we will have so much support for it. Literally. I do think it will probably be the most sold out world cup of all time when it comes here in 2026. Plus all these guys are going to be a lot older. So as much as I want the U S so that means that's, that's when you're going to take Josh to the soccer game. So you'll take exactly, you and Josh yeah. will go out and watch. Exactly, soccer yeah. games. Where are they in the United States? The are they playing those games? Uh, it's all over the place. Oh yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. And yeah. Were they, weren't they get, talking about uh, either Columbus or Cincinnati hosting one? Yeah. I don't think they got, I don't think Cincinnati no, Nashville got, got it. Nashville got yeah. it. Now, oh yeah. That's right. Nashville. Yeah. Mm, Nashville. So 
as much as I want America to make a World Cup final, it does not happen in this World Cup. As much as I would love, if that does happen, by the way, uh, I will be going crazy. But with that being said, um, I definitely, Argentina's in the finals for me. That is the one solid team I'm picking to be in the finals because Messi needs his final World Cup. Um, <clears throat> now, as it comes for, I believe they're in the A, B, and C, D area. So the other, everybody, everybody's saying Brazil's making the final. However, as cool as a South American final would be, I just for the viewership of a world cup i want to see portugal argentina in that final world oh cup. boy this is not biased at all because I, it is it is biased <laughs> and i don't care because i want it to happen because it should happen because gosh he just wants it to it, happen it's, it's how it should work because it's yeah. not Messi's last world cup and it should be argentina portugal in the finals with Argentina winning it all because Messi solidifying his reign as the greatest can't player you, of all. Time. Can't you love when I put this on a on a graphic, uh, Josh? When everyone's going to bash us because we have Argentina versus uh, Portugal in the final, one of us does. Put uh, on that graphic in quotes because I won it. <laughs> because exactly. I want it. Exactly because I want it, and they will listen to me. Yeah. Of course they I will. Mean, that's what I, that's what I want too. I want I want a Ronaldo Messi final too, but. <laughs> And now the question is, so we, we got all this. So Josh, you went with who was your champion? Brazil, correct? Brazil defeating Argentina. So I have Brazil, uh, you have Brazil beating Argentina. I have Brazil beating the Netherlands. Jared has Argentina beating Portugal in the finals. Gonna now, happen. Jared, before we switch to American football, the, the real football, uh, before we switch to that, uh, what does it take for the U.S. to at least make the semifinals? And what would it take for them to win it all? Does it have to just be the way the ball is bouncing that day, those days, or is it, it would take be that way? literally all the star players like Mbappe and Messi to get injured? <laughs> 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 well, so if you didn't know already, America has never made a semifinal, kind of like an African nation. So um, for them to at least make a semifinal and contend for at least third place in the World Cup, Burhalter has to do some magic managing because. Some of these questionable roster moves were very questionable. Now, for this to happen, they have to be – the chemistry has to be there. I mean, most of these guys, like since it's such a young team, the guys who are 21 to 24 in that age range, they've been playing with each other since like the U – I believe it was like the U19 uh, American team. So they've been playing with each other for at least, you know – five years if not even more so they are very they have a lot of good chemistry and it always comes down to who you can if you can put out the best lineup some of it will come down to injuries i think josh you are correct you know hey somebody gets injured uh, sorry for them but hey good news for the u.s uh you know harry kane somehow gets injured you know oh man jo- uh, josh josh Marine broke his josh ankle. would be uh He'd be trotting um, out some like some old old yeah. veteran out there just to take out people. And be like, listen, your job is to I purposely he, injure people. <laughs> I think that's why they brought Tim Ream because he's a thirty five year old who's never been to World Cup and is not needed. So it was he's why the enforcer, like what you have in exactly. Hockey. <laughs> now that being said, for them to win or at least get to a semifinal, um, have a chance at third place or even the finals of the World Cup. Pulisic has to go off. I, I know it's like it, you know, soccer is a team game. It's not one player. But I think for the U.S., it comes down to Pulisic, as well as his, you know, as well as the players around him. But Pulisic, I think, I think he's got to at least get uh, seven goals in. Let's say uh, this: if we play seven games, he got to get at least one goal in each game. You know, um, 
I also think it comes down to the defense. So U.S.'s defense, Berhalter really just prides himself on defense. He likes a really good defense. Matt Turner, I think an underdog to win the uh, best goalkeeper of the um, World Cup, if we could make it that far, because of how good he is. I mean, he has 14 shutouts in 19 caps of the U.S. team. That is literally, he shut out every opponent except for five, which is insane, by the way. Um, So I think it will come down to defense, the midfield actually doing its part and getting the ball to the forwards uh, instead of just turning it over. Um, and the young guys showing their potential of why they are so, so why this is quote unquote, the most talented team us has ever had, which I believe it is. They just have to show it when we play, I think Wales, the very first game. So I think it's going to come down to Pulisic and honestly, the defense that will win us at least get us to the semifinals. So, so the question is Jared, what is an acceptable as a, as a U.S. supporter? What is an acceptable finish this year? What is it a finish that you'd be like, you know what, we didn't win it all, but that's okay. This is a the a finish we needed to boost ourselves for 2026. What is an acceptable finish for the United States this year? What do they getting at least the, they have to do? Getting to the round of 16, especially for Burhalter, because of how much uh, critics are just raving about how bad some of his choices were in the roster. He's he's stand he has stand by he has stood by his choices. So I I you know I condole him for that. Well done for him. He is very happy about the choice he made for the roster. So I think we have to make the round we have to get out of the group stage. That is the goal. I think the goal is to at least make it to the round 16. You lose that first game. Oh well, I mean, if we get second place, we'll probably have to play Netherlands anyway in that first game. So probably be done for. But you have to at least make it to the round of 16. If you make it to the quarterfinals for the first time since 2002, that is a shock to, I think, all U.S. soccer fans, especially with the roster we have. So I, I think going towards 2026, out of this World Cup, you got to finish in the round 16. you gotta, you got to make it out. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, we love to see it. We all three are rooting for the United States to do well, obviously, but we're also being realistic, and that's why a lot of us didn't choose them to go to the to the final because we're trying to be realistic. We're trying to understand, you know, yeah. to look at it from a different way. So exactly. that is your World Cup 2022 preview. Make sure you guys tune in. I know we'll have updates throughout as the tournament's going on. Josh and I will be giving you updates of what's happening. Jared might be back on if the U.S. goes far. Josh has already said, hey, we need to get Jared back on if the U.S. is going far. So um, we'll see what happens as that hey. goes on. Yes, yeah, Jared, we get it. Um, and so uh, with that, we're going to shift just briefly here to finish up the show to American football. We're going to talk briefly about um, about the Browns this week because we need to pr- predict the the old uh, d- the old scorecard again. And then from there, we're going to move into college football where we're going to talk about some power rankings and such. So, Josh, last week you gained a game. You said I had to be foolish in order for you to catch it back up. And I was foolish. I thought, Hey, the Browns could compete and yet we got destroyed. <laughs> um, so Josh now is I've kept track here. He is now three and six. Ben is five and four, which means Josh, as you, what did you say before the show started? <laughs> I said, I don't want any of your pity either. You better not pick Cleveland to beat Buffalo. I want you to pick Buffalo with me and maintain your two game lead. <laughs> And I will be doing that, Josh. I believe that Buffalo is going to be way too much to handle. And I think 
Uh, I'm just waiting for the time when Deshaun gets there so we can actually. Yeah, there is a there is a little uh, a little urge in me, a little tiny one that wanted to pick Cleveland just because uh, Josh Allen has been having some issues with his elbow, and I think that's been showing up on the field a little bit. Uh, Cleveland being the better running team, uh, heading into Buffalo where they're expecting like four feet of snow or something wild yeah. like that. Blizzard for the game Sunday, thing. so that could take the passing game out entirely. But I, I mean, at the same time, Buffalo's used to playing in that weather. Uh, being the home team, so it's not like snow's anything new to them. Uh, and I'm just going to stick with uh, the Buffalo What's going to be your score prediction, though? E-wise. What's your score prediction? Oh, geez. I, I don't think it's going to be much scoring in this one. I think you could see uh, maybe something like a Buffalo 17-Cleveland 10 final. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Nick Chubb runs has a better game running the ball this week. I think he'll run for close to 100 yards, and I think it will be – I think – Buffalo 24, I'm going to go Cleveland 13. I think uh, Cleveland gets a touchdown early, and then they're just going to struggle, I think, getting that consistency. I don't don't think that Buffalo is going to be able to uh, build a big enough lead that Cleveland would totally abandon their running game like they did against Miami. Miami, you know, they just – Tua started shredding the secondary, and then to everyone else's surprise, Jeff Wilson's balling out. Miami's not really a – a running offense, but he managed to uh, gash our weak interior D line. Like, uh, I mean, we know that that's a weakness, but Miami was able to uh, take advantage of it. And to, uh, I mean, while he did have a good day, uh, the running game did a heck of a lot of damage to us as well. Hey, that is true. And so Jared, since you're here, give us a Bengals prediction. Do they play this week? I don't know. Yes. Play? We play the so, so what is your prediction for the Bengals this week? And uh, who's, who's pulling out that win? Yeah, so Bengals, if you didn't know, they're going to be in their white Bengal uniforms. So automatic win whenever we wear those. <laughs> I see uh, whites undefeated. Ex- ex- exactly. So we stay undefeated because it is the Steelers, and I think we get retribution for that first game, which we should have annihilated them in that game anyway. Joe Burrow just was not Joe Burrow. Um, and after seeing us versus the Panthers, granted it is the Panthers, so can't really say a whole lot, but it is nice – this is going to be a nice retribution against the Steelers. We're also in the icy whites, white Bengal uniforms. Can't go wrong with that. Joe Burr's about to burn it up for the Steelers. Uh, and I think we dominate the Steelers almost like we dominated the Panthers because Joe Mixon is officially back. Uh, he woke up last week and absolutely went off. So had you noticed Josh, how he didn't say they dominated the Browns? Did you notice, did you notice that, that he didn't say that? Yeah, because he couldn't. Because he, exactly. he couldn't. I couldn't, but the Bengals are still in second, and the Browns are still almost But we still beat the Bengals. We still beat the Bengals. We still beat the Bengals. Just and saying. There's, some, there's something weird, man. Like, Cleveland Cleveland has Joe Burrow's number. They I don't, have, I don't have any explanation. Yeah. The defense can't shut down any other offense in the league, but when Joe Burrow, one of the top five quarterbacks, comes into town, they're just like, yeah, no worries, man. Yeah. Uh, Maybe maybe no maybe Garrett should show up in like that costume every week and maybe we'll actually show up in a game. But uh that is enough of the NFL talk. We'll talk more about that next week. Obviously, this week was more focused on the World Cup. But we are going to talk about some college football. Josh, anything you want to add to the college football before we get into our power rankings and our Heisman watch list going into week uh whatever this week eleven for our power rankings and watch list. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing the playoff uh, kind of uh, shrink a little bit. I mean, everybody thought Oregon might have had a shot, but nope. with their loss to Washington now, the Pac-12 title is looking kind of wide open right now. Utah, your uh, team, Josh. <laughs> dude, Utah might just sneak in and win this because they play Oregon this week, and Bo Nix is supposed to, to be a game-time decision for that game. And also last year, Utah beat Oregon twice. So 
while Josh Utah, is just really happy after Utah his Utah like, started slow last year. They started slow again this year, and they might just find themselves in that Pac-12 championship with a chance to win it. So it'd be very Utah-like. And I mean, while I was high in Utah to start the season, I still don't think winning the Pac-12 makes them a top five team in the country. But I mean, the LSU spread, man, they won 13 to 10. They were yeah. only a three-point favorite going to that. We were confused by it. That ended up uh, being the case. So another W for Vegas. I'm sure they won a lot of money on that one <laughs> as people picked LSU to probably cover that by a handful of scores. We and saw then, Alabama win. Then another game, yeah, uh, Alabama, uh, they don't lose back-to-back games. They don't. <laughs> Even though Ole Miss had the lead, I think, heading into the fourth quarter, uh, the Ole Miss offense is actually what lost that game, which you wouldn't expect from a team coached by Lane Kiffin. And then I guess uh, the last uh, memorable game to talk about would be uh, the TCU-Texas one because Texas was a seven-point favorite in that one. Everyone thought it would be a high-scoring game, including myself. And then TCU wins 17-10. to The defense uh, from both sides steps up. So does this mean that TCU now like has a defense that should be taken seriously since they – uh, we're able to limit Quinn Ewers and Bijan Robinson. That's going to be something uh, to keep an eye on as they close this season out. They got to play Baylor, which uh, isn't going to be no easy one. win either. But uh, TC is still in the picture. Uh, it looks like the Pac-12 now, their only shot's USC, and they play UCLA this week. So Pac-12 uh, looking out. TCU still has that shot in Oregon. Not Oregon. North Carolina, man, even with the one loss still, only ranked 13th. I have a problem with that. There's five two-loss teams ahead of them. I guess they just don't value uh, the teams that North Carolina has beaten. I know they don't really have any of the quality wins. Uh, perhaps maybe the best team they've played this year, Notre Dame, beat them. Uh, but they still have that path where they can uh, cruise into the ACC championship, beat Clemson, and be an, uh, a one-loss conference champion. So still keep an eye on North Carolina. The committee doesn't seem to be taken as seriously as what they should. But, I mean, these last two games that they got, I think NC State even- and uh, – South Carolina, maybe. Yeah. But even but, think about it, Josh, it's you look at a high state in 2014. Remember, they they were also ranked like 16 or 15. In they the were, last but few were weeks. they 13 heading into the final two weeks? I of the think season, they though? were. I maybe believe they were low? nine or 10. So they were still low, maybe not this low, but they still were low. And they had to really beat some teams heavy to to really to counteract that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it is interesting. And Josh, I really say that um, I think I think uh, I think CJ Stroud, um, CJ Stroud answered. Um, he uh, he answered your uh, thoughts last week. He came out and, and laid some wood down. <laughs> I think every I think everybody wanted to see Ohio State just own a team that they're better than since they haven't been doing it the last several weeks. Weather wasn't a factor, so you couldn't blame it on that like you could against Northwestern. Uh, the IU defense sucks, so you couldn't uh, use that as an excuse like you could in the Iowa game. But Ohio State's offense came to play. Defense came to play. They didn't seem to have any issue uh, running the football, although now they have uh, a lot of uh, health concerns at that position. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, and we'll if- talk about that, too. We'll talk about it, too. But, Josh, I will want to say a comment that was left on our uh, our last week's episode by my father. He just wanted me to read this for yeah. you on air. Um, he says, um, Ohio State went to gap blocking against IU, which worked. And he says, run game is better than with this working. And then he said, Josh, no one can stop Ohio State's passing game. There is not a defense that can match it. We'll see, man. We'll uh, see. That's just my, that's what my father I wanted see. to say to you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, th- I think he's I think he's almost right. I think we've seen the pass game stopped, but there's reasons for that. But, dude, that run game, too, uh, 
this is an interesting stat that I heard on the Joel Klatt show. They ran downfield 27 times yes. against IU, only 13 times where they do in that stretch zone. And it sounds like Ryan Day likes doing that because it tires defenses out. And even if they're playing closer than what they should or even losing like they were against Penn State, to him it's working because you're wearing the defense out. And that could explain why they just explode yeah. in the second half in the fourth quarter all the mm-hmm. time. But to the Buckeye fans, it's, it's super stressful when you're, you know, playing kind of down to your competition, it looks like. But Ryan's like, no, it's working. And then it does. In the fourth, <laughs> it, so. it, but it also opens up. It opens up that we saw in this game. It opens up when you're doing the, the gapped scheme where you're running in between the tackles. It opens up the, the play action pass. I mean, Marvin Harrison's touchdown catch. He was wide open because they ran a play action. Everyone came down. And, and I do want to touch on that real quick, Josh, is the, the injury concern, right? Everyone's been talking about that. Let me, let me just put out how good Ohio State's team is. When you can run a wide receiver at running back, he runs a 71-yard touchdown. You've moved a linebacker to running back to be a running back. You have a true freshman who was supposed to be your fourth string coming into the year, and he is now pretty much getting most of the touches probably this week as well. It just shows you how well Ohio State is recruited and how great of a thing. But more than that, Josh, and I want to say more than the run game, let's talk about Cameron Babb for one second. If you guys was, don't know the story, see that. if you guys don't know this story, it is the most incredible story I've ever seen. And that's not as a like just as a as a football fan, as someone who loves football, a guy has torn his ACL multiple times. He has he's been voted captain twice. He has never caught a pass in a game. He's been injured all the time, but yet he stuck it out. Or what have we said, ACL Josh? Tears, I think. Yeah. And what have we said, Josh? We're frustrated about how many times players transfer. This guy said, no, this is my home. This is where I want to be. He fought it out. CJ Stroud comes trotting out there. All these Michigan fans are trolling him for trotting out there. It's like, no, CJ Stroud did this for his guy, for his friend, and said, I'm going to throw this touchdown pass to him. They run that play, that out. He scores it, and I mean, they had two delay of the games right after that. And so there was a really long extra point, but it was worth it because you could see tears on every player's eyes. I was even tearing up. Like the story is so powerful. And the, and the fact is all of us believers here to hear his passion for why he does the game and why he plays the game is even that much better. And so um, it, it's awesome to see. And so that's, that's one of those notes I want to say about the high state game, but enough with stories. Let's finish up the episode by talking about our, our, power rankings and our Heisman watch list. I'm going to start with the power rankings from last week. Myself, I had Georgia one two Ohio state. I had Michigan at three, four at had Tennessee and five, sorry, four had TCU and at five Tennessee, Josh had Georgia at one high state at two Michigan at three Tennessee at four TCU at five. And then our guest last week, Bryce had Georgia at one, a high state at two, Tennessee at three, Michigan at four, and five was Alabama. Now we're going to start with our guest this week, Jared. What is your power rankings for week 12 of our power rankings here on the show? All right. We got, uh, I know, shock to everybody probably, but a high state is number one. I don't care what anybody says. This might <laughs> That be is fine. a shock, man. You better not let Brian Grant see that. Yeah, don't let I, Brian Grant see that. <laughs> right? Listen, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, we haven't played anybody, but guess what? Georgia, yeah, they whipped Tennessee. I think Tennessee might be slightly overrated just because <laughs> listen, listen, I'm just saying Georgia's good, right? Good, good defense, decent offense, right? Defense isn't as good as it was last year. Offense is pretty good. Stetson Bennett, absolute magic, apparently, on the field. But I just look at Ohio State. All right. Yeah, we had some some trouble games. Penn State. We always play trouble at Penn State. Okay. Uh uh, you look at Northwestern, wind. 
Ain't nobody it, Georgia. Georgia never has to play in 50 mile per hour wins. Georgia does that. They lose. Okay. I'm just saying, I am saying Georgia. Yes, they are a very good team. They are easily number two or you, I mean, I, I think it's a toss up between Ohio state and Georgia for best team in the country. Me only because I am a high state fan, probably putting Ohio state number one. Biased. I know it's biased. So do listen, I have to put, because I can, that's what I'm going to put on here. Listen, <laughs> it's just, look, I'm just looking at, at teams, are they absolute like, cheeks? Jared? Are they absolute cheeks? They aren't cheeks, but uh, uh, Georgia, Georgia's number two, Ohio State number one, Georgia two. As much as I don't want to put Michigan three, they really haven't shown any flaws except for maybe the first half Rutgers. Then they like pull it away. I don't think they have, they don't have a passing game. So you stop their passing game or you stop their running game, they're kind of done for. So Michigan's three, TCU's four, and I think TCU wins out and makes the college football playoffs. But who's five, Jared? You you forgot your fifth. Oh yes, uh, five. As 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 much as I think Tennessee's overrated, and I want to put USC number five, I'm gonna have to keep Tennessee five just because their only loss is to Georgia, and USC's um, loss a little bit worse than that. But I'll keep Tennessee at five. But USC's a close second to five. All right, Josh, go ahead, go. I'm sticking with Georgia one, dude. The way that I saw them uh, shut down Tennessee's off pass offense, you know, a couple weeks ago, it's just like, man, I feel like they could do the same to Ohio State. And they're scoring enough, uh, even more so than last year. So I'm sticking with them uh, undefeated uh, as my number one. And I got Ohio State right behind him. Uh, I would like to see Ohio State uh, just be a little bit more consistent. I think there's been reasons for uh, the inconsistencies, but I just, that we had some questions to answer against IU, but again, it's just IU. So I'm going to keep Ohio State at two. Michigan right behind them at three, like Jared said. Not really many flaws with that team. Uh, you could argue, like the, uh, the Ohio State situation, that haven't really played anybody, but they're taking care of business. We haven't really seen them in many uh, spots where you know they were trailing other than that Rutgers first half, I think, is the only time. And then four is the tough one, dude, because – TCU man hasn't beaten a team by more than 10 points since yeah it's true beginning of October when it was Oklahoma and I think that was when uh Dylan Gabriel got knocked out so they've been playing all these games close but we did learn from the Texas game that you know the defense can play and the week before they held Texas Tech who's one of the I think top passing offenses in the country they held them in the 20s so I feel a little bit better about TCU's defense than I do Tennessee's defense so I think I had Tennessee at four last week. Yes. I'm going to jump TCU up to four for now and put Tennessee at five. Hey, I love it. For me, mine stays the exact same. Uh, Georgia at one. I believe they're the best team overall right now in the country. Uh, high State's right there. I, I, I agree with Josh said. The consistency is a little harder to, to watch, even as a High State fan. But I think the defense has answered questions this year. And by the way, Jim Knowles is going to win assistant of the year. Uh, there shouldn't be any other question. What no he's question done to that it. defense, it's it's remarkable. Three is Michigan. Again, I do agree with Jared. I have not seen enough of their past game to go. What happens if the run game is stopped? We haven't right. seen anything happen with that. So. I think a high state is that going to be that test. When if a high state stops the pass game, uh, the rush running game, I think a high state wins that game. We'll talk about that next week. And then TCU at four. I just think TCU is is again they went out, they're in, uh, and then I have Tennessee at five, uh, sticking with what I had before. So that is our list for the power rankings. We're going to finish up with our Heisman list because we all love the Heisman, and I think there could be some changes. At least I know in mine there'll be there'll be a little bit of tweaks here and there. Um, but I'll go over last week. So last week I had CJ Stroud at one, uh, Drake may at two from North Carolina, the quarterback. I had Hennon hooker quarterback from Tennessee at three 
had quarterback from TCU, Max Duggan at four, and I had Blake Corum, quarterback from, uh, sorry, running back from Michigan, pretty much probably could play quarterback from Michigan, uh, running back at five. Uh, Josh had uh, CJ Stroud at one. He had Drake May at two. Hendon Hooker at three, Bo Nix at four. Interesting to see if that stays. And he had Blake Corum at five. And then Bryce had CJ Stroud at one, Hendon Hooker at two, Blake Corum at three, Drake May at four, and Max Duggan at five. Jared, go ahead and start with your Heisman watch list for week 12. Yeah, so CJ Stroud, number one, um, consistent every week. Maybe you could count out that Northwestern game just because win played a factor in that. So I think he stays number one for me. I would have had Drake May at two because of how many touchdowns he he should definitely be a Heisman finalist. However, because of how good Hendon Hooker played last week, kind of making up for that Georgia loss, I think I'm going to have to bump Hendon Hooker back up to two because I did have him at three in my personal rankings. But after that week, last week, I think I'll bump him up to two unless something happens this week. Then Drake May will go back. But then, you know, you got Stroud, Hooker, uh, and then Drake May, obviously number three. I think those are – Easily should be the three finalists that make it to, uh, was it New York City or whatever they go. So I think those should be the three finalists all from the rest of the year. Um, the other two literally just don't matter. So uh, I'll put probably Max Duggan at number four. He's kind of driven TCU to uh, to a good good undefeated season so far. And then as much as I don't want to do this because I, I don't uh, whatever. Blake Corum at number five. So Josh, the question is, Josh, are you going to do the – stupid thing you tried last week and do threes at three people at number two no i'm not gonna well i tried but you, you changed you, it though you did change it. i you convinced, convinced you. me and i think my list is just gonna stay the same dude cj at one drake may at two hen hooker three bo Nix will stay at four regardless of the loss he still played great but if he misses these last few games of the season due to an injury obviously i'll have to account for that uh, but Blake Corm at five, Max Duggins on the outside looking in just because these last two games, he hasn't been the greatest. Yeah, He's been under 200 yards against Texas Tech and Texas, uh, just three touchdowns total in those two games. But to his credit, he hasn't thrown any picks. So while he hasn't really done a ton to win those games, he hasn't done a ton to lose those games. So he's still in the mix there. Uh, but yeah, my five, that's uh, that's on change from last week. Hey, I love the list. We will we will continue these lists as they go, as you'll see them up on our Instagram at baseline.podcast. You'll see them up there. Um, I, I'm even going to try to throw some graphics together for the World Cup, our predictions of who we think is going to be in the final and win. Um, and it's, it's a great time to talk about all these different sports. And it's also fun because as we get closer to the big game next week, uh, we have some surprises that we're working on. I know Josh has mentioned a few things. I've mentioned a few things if you've been listening and paid attention this week. So a couple of things will be happening here that we're really excited to talk about for the game coming up. It's going to be probably one of the biggest games of our generation. I believe so, at least. And uh, so we have some big things happening. Jared, thank you so much for jumping on with us uh, this week. We appreciate your insight. It makes Josh look so much smarter and so much more knowledgeable about soccer. Um, and uh, it makes myself look less like an idiot. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's just always going to be there. Um, but we really appreciate your knowledge, Jared. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Hey, we'll have you back for sure because you're my brother. I kind of have required well, yeah. to. Um, but uh, no, Jared, thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed this episode of the Baseline Podcast, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell on YouTube, where you can check out all of our other videos. We have the why the playoff should be 
not changed, should be changed with, with Aaron Lynn, that conversation. We have all the other episodes of different guests that we've had on over the last few weeks. And then uh, if you've listened on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you favorite it, make sure you save it so that way you can share it with your friends and family. And please do share this, um, especially if you know someone that likes soccer, share it with them. I know Jared will share it. I know Josh and I will share it, but please share it with people that you know love soccer and, and get their take on it. Um, that'd be much appreciated. So once again, we hope you have a great weekend. We hope you guys have a, a safe time out there. Spend time with friends and family. Watch the World Cup as it's starting here very shortly um, and check out some of the college football, the NFL games happening and all that is just, it's, it's a great time to be a sports fan. There's also hockey and basketball. So there's so many different sports going on. Go check them out. Uh, and until next time, We'll see ya.